The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. Key is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. We are back. It's Tuesday. Welcome to it. Three-day weekend. Gary, how are you? I'm doing really good. And the first question I would ask Green Jean-Pierre this week. Yeah is and i don't know if she's going to hold a, a press conference today i don't know that or not but mm-hmm. if she did today the first question i was asked i would ask would be i have a, one question uh and that question would be the president yesterday uh was in uh ukraine mm-hmm. while he was in ukraine one of the tweets that uh the uh, you know that came from the white house said We must get rid of those resort fees. Those Mm. resort fees are unacceptable. Mm -hmm. We need complete and total transparency on these resort fees because some of these aren't even resorts. They're just hotels, and these hotels are not being transparent, and they're putting in resort fees. Mm -hmm. So since the president is against fees, that are not transparent, what would your response be about Hunter Biden's fees that enriched the Biden family tens of millions of dollars and the hidden fees (laughs) of hundreds of millions of dollars that went to various think tanks and organizations run by the president? Well, the difference, Mr. McNamara, would be clearly that the Chinese and the Ukrainians paid for those fees. <laughs> Not the American that people. Would be, that would be the, that about the only answer you have, isn't it? There really is no other answer. I'd go straight to it. We don't want the American people paying fees. We're yeah, okay if, I, if the I, Chinese and the Ukrainian I, people I, pay. Under, I understand that, Corrine, uh-huh. uh, but the fees were charged by Hunter Biden that went directly to his family. Mm-hmm. And so, since the And he pre- clearly brought that money back to the United not States. Done, I'm not done yet. Please, don't interrupt now, me. We can't, Kareen, we can't tell you, Kareen, don't, be let me, Kareen, don't be rude. Let, don't be rude, Kareen, Mr. McNamara. let me talk. Don't be rude. Kareen, you didn't let I me finish reading. my question. I am reading. Be quiet. 
Now I forgot my question. Oh, no, 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 no. I, huh? our, our, yeah. uh, no or, or my statement. Go ahead. Uh, but those fees, you are the ones that are talking about transparency mm-hmm. for these particular fees. These fees went to Hunter Biden and the Hunter Biden family mm-hmm. for what? Mm-hmm. Since you are demanding that these hotels and the resorts mm-hmm. itemize all of these things, can we expect an itemization from uh, Hunter Biden and the Biden family to show what these fees went for precisely? Yes, you can find those fees in the office of the White House Counsel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole list. They put them. They put them on the bulletin board in the break room at the White House. They're right there. You know, what was amazing uh, yesterday was uh, with the, the the president going to Ukra- uh, Ukraine. You know, the surprise visit to Kiev. You you would uh, you would think, and it, and it did start out this way, especially with the liberal media. Mm-hmm. How heroic! This is incredible! Everything else. Mm-hmm. Then, as we went through the day, when you've got the View criticizing him, you know, the 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 federal government uh, 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 and the and basically the the administration on the response uh, to the Ohio train derailment. And then the mayor comes out and these things started going viral and stating, wait a minute, you go over there, but all these problems here. And all of a sudden it seems like the Republicans picked up on it and said, how come you care about the Ukraine more than the United States? And I went, whoa, Mm -hmm. man, what a turn that seemed to take, especially Mm -hmm. on social media yesterday from the beginning of the day to to the time you got to the end of the day. Well, it's the first thing I thought. I thought, man, you'll fly halfway across the world to uh, to go make a, a a visit. Yet everybody's asking for your attention on all these items here stateside that you are responsible for, and you turn your back on the American people three times the other day, three times in a couple of minutes. Yep. And that, that to me was the most fascinating thing that, you know, that politically what happened was that evolution during the day on that. And, mm-hmm. and tomorrow, uh, nobody will be talking about the visit to Ukraine because mm-hmm. it's not, remember, it's not a visit where there are American soldiers. No. And I thought, no, about, I mean, that's, right. you know, that's the, that's the thing. He's there, but officially no Americans are there. There aren't American soldiers in Ukraine. So what is the message? What's the point? I think it was that he heard that Chinese officials are going to be going to Moscow. And he didn't he didn't want to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, overshadowed by. I don't know if he saw that as a move of strength or not. I think they were looking for just anything positive. Or, and, any, or and, anything and I, outside the U.S. <laughs> well, there's there's not much in in, in the in the U.S. Mm. Uh, you know, when it comes to uh, you know going to the border, did he really go to the border? No. You know, did he really? Does he show as much interest in what's going on in the border? Does he show? Does the administration show any interest? And that's the whole point. And everybody, like I said, when you've got the view, when the view yesterday was saying, "Well, they've you know really failed." What's going on in Ohio? When the view says that, mm-hmm. you're in deep doo doo. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, think about that. 
Uh, they just completely abandoned the people in Ohio. They, they from Mayor Pete all the way up to the president now, and and uh, they turn their back on the American people. And but you know we'll we'll go to Ukraine. Well, the environment. I heard the EPA just went there this past weekend. You know what I wondered? That, yeah, that's, that's yeah. over. The, I know. The, the, yeah. the EPA will investigate anything that is absolutely minor and got nothing to do with the environment. And something like this happens that's a clear well, place yeah. for the EPA to, to oh, be immediately. That's a great point. And, and, and you're just like, excuse me, you're worried about the uh, Tigger Frog in a construction site in mm -hmm. Utah. By mm -hmm. the way, I made that up. I have no idea if there's a Tigger Frog. I just <laughs> uh, somebody may look that yes, up. Yes, you know? I think there may be. Yes, somebody may look that up. I just it just popped into my head. And and I'm, and if there is, I have no idea whether they reside in Utah. You understand the point that I'm trying to make mm -hmm. with with what the EPA uh, does. And all of a sudden, I read over the weekend the EPA. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's just like you just shake your head. It's as if. Everything that is of, of concern to the American people, they are absolutely blind to. Even if these questions on, you know, on on Ohio, which I think you're going to have a ton more this week, but Ohio, inflation, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, the 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 you know the balloon, uh, you know, traversing across the United States, that seem to have no concern about that whatsoever. All these things that are just absolutely normal for normal people to be concerned about. It's as if it doesn't resonate at all with this administration. And the more you ask the questions, the more they sort of just reject it and don't seem to care about it. Well, and, you know, I mean, you think about it. One of my questions when when the story broke that uh, he went to Kiev was, are the ukrainians behind on their payment to hunter <laughs> that's a good re collections you know about collections you did that early yes in your collections yes sometimes you got to go see them yeah i mean i know that wasn't your role in in, right. in in that respect when you worked for that bank but Sometimes you got to go see him. Well, when you go see him, normally it's to repo stuff. So was he repoing? <laughs> he might. He, he might have been American military equipment. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, it could have been about that. Because I thought, well, why else would you go? We don't have boots on the ground there. We don't have any involvement officially uh, with with personnel. So why would you go? And. I think, you know, in, in part, I think it was wag the dog. In part, it was, you know, it, because I thought to myself, it's such a stupid move. Who does it appeal to? Ask yourself, who does that move appeal to? If we had soldiers there, that would be a clear thing. Pre presidents do that. Now, usually it's not on the President's Day holiday. Usually, it's on, like, Thanksgiving or Christmas. Mm -hmm. But we have n no boots on the ground there. We have no personnel involved there. So, who does that appeal to? Uh, what is the political move? Well, I, you know, again, I think it, it does appeal to... It does appeal to a significant portion of Americans, but it's not a priority. Liberals. It's, that it's, are, it's that not are you know, still putting the Ukrainian no, you have, flag on No, there. you have people like John Bolton. You have a lot of 
You have a lot of Republicans that are behind it, but it's not mm. it's not a primary concern. Mm. It's not a primary concern. Mm-hmm. Again, you have people that that look at it and understand because you and I've talked about this before. You have to face down Russia some way. The thing about this president doing it is when this president lied to the American people, the American people about what was going on in Afghanistan lied about what the general said to him. You can't trust him on anything or his motivations or his explanations on anything, even when American soldiers get killed. Well, no, I mean, you, if, you, if this you know. is showing strength against Russia, then this is much like the move of not showing up for a couple of weeks for the people in Ohio. This is too little, too late. Well, it's the anniversary, and the war, and the and the war yeah, isn't I, over. I, Russia didn't win. I, I mean, get that, but but, but the thing I, is, is that you're just now showing, well, trying to show strength against uh, Russia. Uh, uh, well, when nothing else is going right for you. Yeah, you get out. That, of, you that, get out of the country. You get out of the country, and you, and yeah, you do which this. Is my first point. And, yes. and and again, not that there aren't the the problem. I think even DeSantis said it yesterday. He said, "Well, I wouldn't have an open blank check." I think there is a realization you have to you have to stare down Russia, and you have to covertly. And we are doing it. We're always covertly going after and trying to destabilize Russia and China. I mean, we all know that they're trying to do the same thing. Uh, oh, you know, over here. Typically, it's, with it's any who, other president, I would know that. Yes. Yeah, and well, okay. No, that's a that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you have this president again, the the big problem is not that we shouldn't have helped Ukraine. It's that I don't trust this president with anything because he's a pathological liar, and he's a pathological liar to the point of getting American uh, American soldiers killed. And mm-hmm. lying about to the American public about something that Afghanistan, which is a terrorist threat, you know, to the United States and will continue to be a terrorist threat to the United States. And he lied to the American people. So I don't trust anything that he's doing in Ukraine. I don't trust anything I hear about what he's doing in Ukraine because of the lies of Afghanistan. I'd be quicker to believe that he's there to collect on some back payments for Hunter, long believe, and I mean, in, I mean, in serious mode, long before he was there showing strength against Russia. Oh, well, he, <laughs> did did he have a did he visit any uh, uh, energy companies mm. over there? Yeah, knock knock. He's, no, he's but, over there on Burisma, no, but when Burisma you, no, store. No, but when you no, but when you make when you make when you look at what the Biden family did, I mean, that's why it was brought up last week. That's what the last question that was asked, really, Kareem Jean-Pierre mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday mm-hmm. was, is the president compromised? And so everything you can look at it and say, the pre- that isn't a conspiracy theory because the it, it's a it's an uh, an allegation of what did you get for, from the money that Hunter got from Ukraine, from the Chinese? What did they get in return? And that is a, let's go back to the remote, <laughs> excuse me, the resort fees, not the remote, the, the resort fees. Yeah. You know, what did you get? Where's the transparency? Mm-hmm. Who's giving, who's giving hundreds of millions of dollars? And I'm counting what went to the Penn Biden Center, University of Delaware, all that money there. Who gives that money anonymously? What do you expect to get back for it? Or what do they expect to get from you? Uh, for it. So everything is tainted with this president. Influence peddling taints you across the board. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it, again, after all this time, now is the time for the president to show the strength, the support for Ukraine. This is the time you do that after all this time? I mean, you take the anniversary and take it. You, you believe you're taking advantage of it. Well, that's I know what, what he, he believes. believes. Right. I know what he thinks right. he's doing. Well, no, like I said, that's why it backfired on him. Yeah. And by the end of the exactly. day, it backfired. It says you no, care about horrible. them. You, you care about them. You don't care about us. Yeah. And that was coming even from liberals. Exactly. Yesterday. I mean, it was horrible. I, I just thought to myself, what are you doing? Who are you? Who do you think you're appealing to? Nobody can answer that question. And the only thing you can come up with is, I got to have a distraction. 86690 Red Eye. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing and wheel alignment are different services, but both contribute to a smoother ride and should accompany tire replacements or repairs. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, providing improved vehicle handling, increased fuel economy, and the overall lifespan of your tires. Balancing your tires also helps keep vehicle hardware like cab rivets tight and can help with the resale value of your vehicle. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Coming up on the show today, new study out. 70% of suspects freed from jail without bail arrested for more crimes. Mm. There's a study on it looking at the differences between 
bail and non-bail, and you knew this was going to come out. Yeah, you sure. knew there was only one way that this was that this was going to uh, end. Also coming up on the show, the University of uh, of Austin offers forbidden courses. Okay. Basically, it's everything that we do on talk radio and have a discussion on. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And they consider these topics taboo. Yeah. They're forbidden, and so they're having them. They're saying, right. and you yeah. can come in with any opinion, and you can go at it. Right. But they call it the forbidden. The forbidden. Cor- uh, 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 courses, which I just I just shook my head going, oh, come on, stop it. Also, the I love the story that uh, San Francisco reconsiders uh, their uh, boycott of conservative states. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's adding 10 to 20% of all costs, and they believe it's going to go up higher and higher and higher and higher. Mm-hmm. It's going to compound up, uh, upon itself, and the costs are going to be too great, so they're going to have to trade with other states. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I just... I laughed, I laughed with it. Well, we're going to be liberal until... Uh, we can't afford to and, be and, liberal. And, and, until the cost hits us. <laughs> and also, Trump says he has no desire to return to Twitter or Facebook after the incredible success of Truth Social. Okay. So, is he still running? <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that. And also the story yesterday, and this was really interesting He's on social media, that uh, Kevin McCarthy giving uh, Tucker Carlson access to, uh, I guess, most of the January 6th riot tapes, which is 41,000 hours. Mm. Yeah. And the first thing that came out was, well, why just giving it to Tucker? And then because of the controversy with Tucker and Sean and mm-hmm. everything right. from last week on, yeah. on it, everything, you've got a ton of even Republicans saying, you need to make, you need to give this to everybody. Yeah, right. You need uh, you need to the public in that right sense. to the public. Yeah, yeah. right. And join the conversation. one 90 red eye red Eye radio And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, I know it's Tuesday, but we have to play some of the things from the Sunday morning news shows we have to play. All right. So I just want to play this uh, one quick audio cut. Uh, this uh, Meet the, the, the Press, uh, Chuck Todd with Anthony Blinken, the uh, Secretary of State. Here we go. Is it fair to say that in hindsight we overreacted on the shoot down of the other three objects? Uh, no, Chuck. I think that's all I had to play was no, Chuck. <laughs> I, and I and I played that because I didn't care what Anthony Blinken said. I mean, Mayorkas was on the Sunday morning news shows. Yeah, just he could he couldn't define what secure is. All he could say was, "Well, secure could mean many things to many people." And well, and we, he, we know what it means. It means that it's secure for the people who want to come yes. here illegally. To cross the border. It's and, not secure for the American people. And we'll play the audio with Chris Wallace even later on going, you're blaming this on Republicans because he's using the same. Remember, they started that talking point that, mm-hmm. well, because Republicans are saying that Biden has open borders, then people believe it's open borders. Yeah. It's like, no, it started day one. And it started day one because the president of the United States invited them here. But uh, it's uh, it's what how hilarious it was. But the fact that. You had Chuck Todd ask that question. Yeah, right. 
mean, he wasn't kissing posterior big time as he does every week. He actually knew he had asked that question because that is the one question. Well, you know, did we overreact on the shoot down of three other objects when we sh- we would not shoot down a spy? In essence, a uh, a uh, we'll say it a a spy satellite, <laughs> a balloon spy satellite under the ionosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would we wouldn't shoot that down knowing what it was, but three unidentified objects, including one that may be. The Poppycock Balloon Club balloon. I can't. I forgot their name already. But. Well, it, I was going to say that that you know um, when we consider the dangers of being you know so closely observed by the CCP, we also have to consider the dangers of the BBG, and that being the bottle cap balloon. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, bottle brigade, cap. Thank BBB, you. Yeah. yeah, and so you know these <laughs> these are the things that have to be considered, Chuck. Uh, it, we don't know a lot about this balloon club, but we expect to learn more in the coming days. Amateur balloonists, they're a threat to America. Next thing you you know, they're going to be, be they'll, they'll show up, Gary, at, at, at school board meetings and protest what's what's in going into textbooks for their children. <laughs> We don't know that they're not terrorists. Prove to me, Chuck, that they're not that the, that the bottle cap balloon brigade aren't a bunch of terrorists. Yeah, if if parents and remember, it all started with the father whose daughter was raped mm-hmm. in school mm-hmm. by a transgender, where the school board was trying to keep it secret. Right. So they could move forward with their agenda. Right. That's where it all started. Right. When he was furious and 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 kicked out that whole thing's if parents questioning the liberal transgender activist uh policies and the racist critical race theory if them challenging it and being furious uh, warns the suggestion that they may be domestic terrorists. Well, then why can't the bottle cap balloon club? Well, and that's the whole thing is that, um, <laughs> tell me, Chuck, do you want amateur balloonists taking over our airspace? Cause they clearly have, you know, how many trips around this globe that one balloon has taken Chuck eight, <laughs> eight trips. How many trips around the globe have you taken, Chuck? <laughs> well, we're learning to argue like liberals. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, it, it, because it's just, you know, I mean, it's anything that we said isn't more any more insane or ridiculous than what they're saying. It, it, it just isn't. In fact... <laughs> I think we're making better points. I think we're making more believable points. <laughs> I truly don't know anything about amateur balloonists. <laughs> and I don't want to know. <laughs> Quite frankly, I'm afraid to find out the truth about amateur balloonists. 
Uh, you well, you saw that picture of me in the electronics club in high school. That's what I'm talking uh, you about. Know, I, you know, I'm 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 glad I got out of that cult. <laughs> Tell me, Chuck, do you want to talk to these people? Because I don't. It's better to take their apparatus out of our skies. And since you saw the picture, I refuse to wear glasses. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we don't think the... Gary can read. Oh, he can read. He just needs glasses, but he refuses to wear them. Oh, that's the that was the that was the funniest thing when somebody pointed that out to me. Yeah, with that electronics, my high school electronic club. It's like you're the only one not wearing glasses. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have it. I had the turtleneck sweater on. Yeah. <laughs> None of them did. So. Yeah, no, they're all going, oh, man, I'd, I'd wear glasses a million times before. I'd wear a turtleneck. Wear, what are those, corduroy? Is that corduroy pants? Oh, probably. He's got, I think turtleneck he's got corduroy sweater, socks on. He's got a corduroy pocket protector. I, I was the rebel in the electronics club. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Those pants are literally groovy. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's you know, it's it's just gotten so insane that that uh it it, it might make for great material, but but I mean when when you say it when, when you say to to the media it's not an overreaction. That's not an overreaction shooting down by the way. <laughs> okay, now we got to do what we did with Mayorkas when they when you know he said the border is secure and well we said yeah it's secure for people that want to cross the border. Well, what about uh, this? Is it an overreaction? Well, no, Chuck, uh, and mostly because we can't actually tell you what we shot down. We don't know. <laughs> so. At this point, we're not going with overreaction. <laughs> just amazing. I mean, it's just wow. yeah, yeah, insane. Yeah, it really is. And I, I want to play this because the RNC has been pounding this on social media mm. because the whole uh, the 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 debt cap, the mm-hmm. the debt limit being uh, discussed, raising the uh, the the uh, the debt limit, mm-hmm. and this from 1995 and Joe Biden, mm. and they've been pounding uh, on this. I wonder if they'll do an ad. I would do an ad on this as we come up to this. Because this is 19, remember now, this was 27, over 27 years ago. Mm. 28. Mm -hmm. We're in 93, Gary. Or excuse me, we're in uh, 23, right? This is 95. So 28 years ago, Mm -hmm. when we talk about the debt and everything else and the concern about the debt, here is Joe Biden on the floor. On January 31st, 1995. When I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. (laughs) My, how the Democratic Party has changed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just, you know, it's again, um, it, it does show you though, where we at, where we're at right now. I mean, honestly, um, I don't know, you know, on the fiscal side of it, I don't know what, what is to be done. I was trying to do, you know, just some simple math to extrapolate it out. 
what we would need to do in terms of, because we're not going to pay off the debt, but what we would need to do, theoretically, if we wanted to pay off the national debt, and if we wanted to fund the uh, unfunded mandates going forward, what it would take in terms of an expansion of wealth, productivity, how much it would have to grow. And it would have to grow at such a rate that nobody would ever, in, in fact, it, it's, it's never happened. It would have to be such a, a massive, massive wealth expansion. I mean, I, and, and look, in terms of policy on energy, it's not going to happen with uh, oil and natural gas. Uh, that's a thing of the past. I think the producers know that. I think uh, in states where they're still allo- allowed to, you know, work on either state land or private land, uh, you know, they're going to they're going to produce as much as they can. But in terms of expanding that, expand extrapolating that out, and, and what they're able to do, and and the cost of regulation, and everything else, that's not going to that's not going to supply enough of an expansion. Uh, you know, and and even if they even if the uh, federal policy started to change more uh, and 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 gave them room to uh, to to invest and expand. That even that isn't going to be there. Where's the innovation? Where's the technology you know, and innovation that that comes about, like smartphone uh, technology that created efficiencies, but also created demand? I was reading an article in The Wall Street Journal. They were making a great point. They said. We won't default on the debt. We can't. And the the reason isn't the reality of not defaulting on the debt, but the Mm -hmm. fact is, in the Constitution, it's right in there. Mm -hmm. The debt must be paid, or the interest on the debt must be paid. paid. You cannot default. In fact, even after this this part of the Constitution was used to the southern states for the debts that they owed, Mm -hmm. even when they were the Confederacy, when they were back in, they still had to pay, you know, they still, the... the, uh, the Confederacy, you know, not the money that the individual individual states spent, but what the Confederacy spent became part of the debt that they had to pay. Right, and so it's like what the what would happen is the interest on the debt would be paid, but then there would have to be massive cuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the interest on the debt would have to be paid at that point because that's a separate part of the constitution besides the debt. And I went, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. That is, that is a great point. So it's mm-hmm. really not the default mm-hmm. that's going to happen, but it would be the massive cuts you would have to put forth. Well, and that's it. And inevitably those are going to happen one way or the other. You know, those now we're, we're getting to that point. Now, I don't know if that means the debt limit would be have to, would have to be raised. And if it wasn't, the Supreme Court would get involved in it. That's an interesting question. No, I think that I think that it could be one route. I actually do yeah. believe that could be one route. You we'll, know, we'll, we'll get to that. I'll get yeah. to the story because it's a really interesting story. Yeah, uh, that that I run. I go. Oh, that's a, that's a great. And they went to the, what part of the Constitution dictates the fact that the debt has to be paid and and everything else. So it's an interesting, interesting. Uh, uh, which would mean in this case that the Democrats would be wanting to take it before the Supreme Court? Yeah. You would 
I, yeah, I just don't know how that would be. Yeah. We've, we've never faced it before, so right. who knows what we would do. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. This article is written by David Rifkin and Lee Casey. Served in uh, uh, in uh, General Counsel's office uh, during uh, Bush and uh, and Reagan, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a thing: default on U.S. is impossible. Headlines last week claimed that the Congressional Budget Office had warned the U.S. could default on its debt as early as July if Congress didn't raise the statutory debt limit. But the CBO director actually said that the government would have to delay making payments for some activities default on debt obligations or both. In reality, the U.S. cannot default on its debt. Section 4 of the 14th Amendment is uh, uh, precise on that point. The validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law shall not be questioned. This provision was adopted to ensure that federal debts incurred to fight the Civil War could not be dishonored by a Congress that included members from the former Confederate states. Uh, the uh, public debt clause isn't limited to civil war debts, as the Supreme Court held in Perry versus the U.S. in 1935. It covers all sovereign federal debt, past, present, and future. Uh, this means the federal government cannot legally default. The Constitution demands that creditors be paid. If they aren't, they can sue for relief, and the government will lose and have to pay up said uh, those who warn of default confuse debt payments with other spending obligations. A failure on the part of the United States to meet any obligation, whether it's to debt holders, to members of our military, or Social Security recipients, is effectively a default, Secretary Janet Yellen said in January. That's nonsense. Authorized and even appropriated spending is not public debt. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. So yeah, just uh, continuing a little bit from that discussion that we were having, uh, reading this uh, op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal from, uh, again, uh, it was uh, David Rifkin and uh, Lee Casey, who worked in the uh, uh, the Bush and Reagan administration, said the federal government cannot legally default on its debts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you notice the way, you know, for example, and they, they point out, you know, Janet Yellen said, well, uh, that, uh, the, you know, the uh, you know, that not paying our military or Social Security recipients is effectively a default. It is not. You may call it a default. It right. may be morally a default. 
but it yeah, isn't right. it isn't legally a default uh, default the constitution dictates in the 14th amendment the debts must be paid you right. have no choice right. and with uh roughly uh what is it uh uh let me see what's the number that they had 55 billion uh right now in uh, uh or so in monthly debt service and 450 billion a month in tax revenue uh, that would be paid and other things would be cut. Mm. And they said you may not like it, but, you know, Social Security could be cut tomorrow by Congress. Mm-hmm. There is nothing legally, you know, there's nothing constitutionally protecting Social Security or Medicare. Right. And so everything, everything else except the debt could be cut. Everything. Yeah. The debt cannot. You cannot. You know, I, I believe we had talked about this, remember, when, when uh, Trump was running in, uh, it was 2015 or tw- I think it was 2016 that remember he was coming and says, well, we don't need to pay the debt. We, we can, we can just offer 50 cents on a dollar. Mm-hmm. And we said at the time, well, nobody's going to accept it. Uh, right. And if you did that morally, you'd bankrupt the entire so interest rates would go through the roof. Mm-hmm. But the fact is you can't do that because even if you said we're going to do that, it doesn't matter. The constitution dictates you can't do that. Right. Now, that's the next thing to take that out of the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but when Trump said that at the time, you know, can't. It's, you, mm-hmm. He couldn't do it if he wanted to. Number one, uh, in in real life, it's not a business. And the global economy would crash right, the, the global, moment the U.S. Right. said, we're only going to offer 50 cents on the dollar. Right. I think he said 10 cents on a dollar. Mm-hmm. We could pay 10 cents. Like, you can't. Number one, you couldn't. You couldn't do that legally under the Constitution. Number two, if you did that, the whole system would collapse. Yeah, uh, right. if you if you did that. So, but and that's one of the reasons they put it in. That's one of the reasons that you really don't see panic in the markets every time this comes up. Right, debt holders aren't going crazy because they know constitutionally you can't default on the debt. Yeah, ultimately something is going to happen. The political back and forth is you know the football that is being thrown, but there's really right. it's not going to go to the brink. Which uh, which brings us in a in a natural progression to Marjorie Taylor Greene's comment yesterday. Mm. Well, look, you knew this. You knew somebody was going to suggest it. Mm. Remember, it was Texas was going to secede, mm-hmm. and then remember California was going to secede. Right? Do you remember we had the guy? We would get emails when we would say Texas isn't seceding. This guy constantly. You guys are wrong. I'm the head of the group. We're going to secede. No, you're not. No, it's not going not to happen. Yeah, but 60 seconds, doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. Now, Kern County may secede from California. <laughs> <laughs> Alberta may secede from Canada. I mean, I know we're not, we're talking the U.S., but I mean, there, there may, there might be, Austin may secede from Texas. Well, you have those, you know, you have those, those counties in Oregon that want to, but, but that's a different ball game yeah, on a state yeah, level. Yeah. And that, you know, I need to do some research on that. Mm. Has any part of a state ever seceded to another part of the state? Now, the military is not going to commit at that point. Would Oregon have two civil wars? The first one is Oregon State versus Oregon in football every year, as they call it. Yeah. Uh, but would there could there be a – those states – I mean, they really – I mean, it, they're passionate about it. Can it actually happen? Probably would be easier on the state level than the than the, the federal level because any secession – would cause a would pro- it most likely cause a civil war. I I think there was a group of 
hippies in Sherman, Texas, that wanted to secede yeah. to Oklahoma be- when they got medical marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've always <laughs> talked about because it's like, we're in a civil war, and it's yeah. like, no. Yeah, no. Well, we're, there's going to be a civil war. Well, there is a there is you know, a cultural who, war, but not. It's only in the proverbial sense. It's right. it is not a literal right. war. Uh, it, it it is a battle, but it it is a cultural war that's going on right now. But a civil war. Um, you've always asked the question. Okay, well, who's who's going to fight who? Who right? Who do you fight? I'm not fighting anybody. By the way. <laughs> I'm too tired. Where's that? Where are those Californians? Yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I'm too can, tired. Can we identify? Are, are they wearing uniforms? Yeah, right. <laughs> or are they spies? Are, are all the Californians that come to Texas are they actually spies? Well, it's it, what, what what would be the, <laughs> the the orders? Don't shoot until you see the purple of their tie dye. <laughs> 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 well, as as we have said, and, and we talked more about it because when Trump got in, remember, California wanted, I mean, it was like the secession movement, we wanted to secede, and it was like, secede from the union, remember all the parts of California that wanted to split apart, remember that whole thing in California? Yeah. What was it, splitting it into five or six, or six different sections? Right, right. It's like, you don't need to worry about seceding from the United States, right. you got to worry about California breaking exactly. up. Exactly. And so that can happen. You can break up into a different state. I mean, that's but that's much more sure. likely than it, one of the problems is you just don't say we're out. Right. Now, could there be a negotiated settlement constitutionally? Yes, but I when I say negotiated settlement, a lot of it's about money. You would have to if California wanted to get out, they would have to take their share of the debt. If Texas wanted out, we'd have, we would have to take our share of the debt. You just don't leave. Right. Well, uh, there are people who are seceding from California to Texas, but that's really not seceding. That's right. just moving. Now, our first <laughs> suggestion was that uh, we in Texas secede, uh, annex Mexico. Right. Of course, we'd be in charge uh-huh. here. Yeah. We'd right. be in charge. Combine our energy, uh-huh. uh, all of our energy together and develop it in uh, Mexico, which would be New New Mexico, which would be a part of basically a county of Texas. Right. And uh, we would use all their energy resources and we would rename our state Texaco. Right. That was my idea a long time ago. Yeah. That didn't seem to go anywhere. But what what she wrote. But we have a sizable uh, amount of their population already. So this that's that's actually going to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the heck? Bring in all of Central America too? Then <laughs> wouldn't have to worry about the border much, would you? No, no. Uh, what uh, border? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday called for the U.S. to be separated by red and blue states. "Quote: We need a national divorce. We need to separate red states and blue states and shrink the federal government." Mm. Everyone I talk to says this from the sick and discussing woke cultural issues shoved down our throats to Democrats, traitorous America's last policies. We are done. End of quote. There it is. All right. And, I, you know, I guess if you want to blow smoke like that, you can blow smoke. It's said, you know, she's okay. not she's not the first one to say that. No. That is actually an opinion. When you look at the polling that's done on it, a lot of people say it. Mm. Well, now, would I mean, they would they actually want to go through what it would take to do that would mm-hmm. be another question. It's easy to say, you know, let's do it. 
but it would be an interesting, would be an interesting, um, you know, you just um, uh, imagine because uh, Idaho would be with us, right? I mean, uh, with Texas and oh Oklahoma yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. The I'm going to need French would, fries, so yes. <laughs> and and so you look at it, and it's just like you 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 wonder what the population shift would be. Because we had talked about that last week, the population shift in well, in, well, in, in in America would, okay. would all of and here's the other thing too. What we forget about is the country's a lot different, even from the last civil war. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. you have so many, yep. even in the state of Texas, for example, you have major liberal bases in the big cities, right, right. And so even something like even even probably Texas at its maximum of being Republican versus. Republican versus Democrat uh, at at the the best time for Republicans would probably be what fifty five forty five. Yeah. Now right. the mentality of being populist and conservative may be greater. That might be, you know, that might be sixty uh, forty uh, in yeah. in favor of more conservative populists right, right. in the state of Texas. But actually, and so it's not the same thing. You know, yeah. California, New York uh, have fewer, but still, if you look at their Democrat to Republican, even if it is, even if it's uh, uh, 65, 35, mm-hmm. that's still a huge number of people right. that, you know, right. would not say, okay, we want to live through California. Look, that's one of the reasons, again, we need to get back to, you know, the the mindset of, of federalism in this country, mm-hmm. where states take care of the majority of their their things because it was imagined that states might be culturally different yeah and and want to do different things than other states that's why the federal government was supposed to be basically you know national defense and ensure that the constitution was protected uh, uh across you know the 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 uh, the colonies and which became states and then expand out it was supposed to be that states could be wildly different, yeah, sure than than each other. But you then, you know, wildly different in the fact, but you still have to allow freedom of speech. You still have to allow uh, right. freedom of religion. I mean, within those the things with, within yeah. the Constitution. Yeah, but you can do, you know, you can be culturally wildly different well, from, other, from think... other places. Was the which actually think about it? That was a quite tolerant philosophy to have back then. I I think. That there's, it stands to reason that they believed that it naturally would be wildly different. And, it, you know, it's obviously something you could, uh, I, I don't know, I'd have to talk to, but maybe a historian knows more about this. Um, but it, it, it stands to reason, based on migration patterns and uh, who was going out west. Uh, uh, people coming here from other countries and then and then going to, you know, uh, you know, were people from certain other certain parts of the world, uh, were, were they more inclined to want to travel out west? Were were they, you know, or did they just look at it and say that, look, um, we we have really no idea of of what it's going to look like, what challenges they may have. Um, you know, and 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 setting up a you know a a society, a, a local society in in a town, um, and 
they're going to want to form their own thing. I mean, we're we're right. doing our own thing here. So so now let's extrapolate that out to the states, and they're going they're going to want to form their own, uh, you know, their own culture. And and you do see that. I mean, perfect when, example: mm-hmm. Mormons in Utah. Yes, if you want, right, the ultimate sure. example, right. And no, I think that's a, a great example. There are a number of examples. If you and man, somebody on history needs to uh, the channel needs to do a a, a a show on this and and talk about the different migration and then the settlements of you know because um, uh, Winthorpe, Texas, uh, there is a a huge uh, uh, number of people who descended from Europe, uh, Germans, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of them. Uh, that and and they have uh, there's a, a huge dairy farm community. Um, you look at uh, then you look at the different cultures within a state within a blue state like California. You have a Kern County within a red state of Texas. You have Austin, you have Dallas, you have Houston. You have very blue areas within red states, and maybe those blue areas aren't as blue as a New York City. Or a Portland in the deepest blue, uh, but in Portland, in, in Oregon, as you mentioned, you live there. Uh, you get outside of Portland, and it gets redder and redder as you go yeah. out. You know, and you know, and so you could say the same thing: Washington State, uh, Seattle, and then you know, Pennsylvania Dutch. The majority yeah. coming right. uh, before eighteen hundred, but right. that philosophy. There's a place that you know that that we can go and continue what our our beliefs and our our culture is we're we're able to practice uh, there. So I mean that's when you think of all of, of federalism, that's a part of it. The problem that we have in the United States is not the different mindsets in the states. Right. It is the fact that not you know uh, not following federalism and having the federal government take over so many things. Well, it's never going to work out because the cultures are so different yeah. depending on where you are, right, right. the culture and the mindset, everything from, you know, the wokeness that we deal with today mm-hmm. to fiscal responsibility. Right. And that's all right. cultural. I mean, part of fiscally of, of saying, look, we shouldn't be taking the debt. That's a that's a moral philosophy. Yeah. And then, yeah. ah, that's no problem. That's a different moral. Ph- and believe me, when it comes to paying debts and not paying debts, there is a ton of morality in there. I mean, that, well, that is, oh, oh, sure. you know, with, with Americans, you know, the fact that, you know, and you and I talk about this, that we've always had this mindset of absolute panic if we were ever close to being late on one bill. Oh, yeah. yeah. That doesn't exist for a lot of people. Yeah, there right. is a cultural difference in that. Yeah. No, I mean, think I, I was talking to my son-in-law over the weekend uh, and, you know, he just paid off a car and he's like, doesn't it feel so great? I said, yeah, it really does. And they just bought, he and my daughter just bought a house. And I said, wait till you pay off your house. Next week I pay off my house. Yeah. I mean, it is, more it, <laughs> it, it's that independence we talk about. Liberals don't want yeah. you to have that. They don't want to have, have, you can't have ownership in, in property. You can't have ownership in uh, being an independent contractor in California. You can't have ownership. They don't want you to own a car. They, you can't have ownership. But what are we seeing right now in the cultural shift? A migration out of those blue states because people look at affordability. But when they settle in the red states of Florida and Texas, what are they finding? What's the affordability? Lower taxes, expansion of wealth, a thriving economy. That sets in with people 
And I think that's a good thing. It's a shame they have to leave their home. There's a moral and, and cultural mindset involved yes. in the difference. And I think there is, that means right. there's going to be a uh, shift more tough, and more. Tough on crime, yep. not tough on crime. Exactly. It's all about the morality that you view as the, it's it, uh, how you view your morality as better than someone else who was doing it. Right. Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Leased owner-operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth one, concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth two, more revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth three, all you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth four, you can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. And there's things she says I, I disagree with. I think she's too showboat. Uh, yeah. But yeah. it gives you a great opportunity to explain where this country is. Right. Because she's not the first one to talk about secession. No, she's not. Threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Yeah, so this whole Marjorie, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Green thing about mm. <laughs> seceding mm. the red states should go from the blue states. Look, we've been there before. We understand yeah. it's the frustration of the, the uh, massive difference in opinions on major issues in the United States, which is why federalism is your answer. Yeah, right. It's yeah. not seceding because yeah. that's not going to happen. You're not going to have a country. No. You're not going to have a state walk away and say, we're just walking away. We voted We voted to walk away. California's just not going to walk away. Texas is just not going to walk away. Why? Because mm-hmm. the rest of the union says, no, that needs to be negotiated. You need to pay your share of the debt. How do right. you figure that out? What right. about federal land that exists in there? Mm-hmm. We are so interstates. Inter- yeah. Interstates. We are so yeah. intertwined as a as a as a country right now 
that it's almost impossible to uh, fathom. So what does the future bring? Mm-hmm. If you look at the future, now we don't we don't tend to to make you know predictions like this person's going to win the election or this person's going to win the Super Bowl, but you can see just based I think on on history and the knowledge of how we are set up as a country where this and 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 what factors are hitting this country right now, and I think you can sort of see what a probable future would be, mm-hmm. and that is the fact that. What's really going to drive where we go uh, in our in our system of uh, of of government? To me, is more back to federalism and individual states controlling what they do. The reason population, yeah, we cannot continue the debt service that's going to hit us over the next twenty years. We and and it's not just that the debt's going up. It's population. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not see, because of illegal immigration in this country, I do not see any amnesty no. coming. No, I do not no. see any... The I visas mean, aren't going to change yeah, you, much. You, you may get a Republican president and the border might be you know, a little bit more... Uh, 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 might be more secure. People mm. always cross, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican. Now, a lot more Democrat, excuse me, a lot more crossing while this Democrat is in office. Mm. Uh, and we know how well how the Democrats think about it, but that is affecting the mindset of legal immigration in this country. We do not have the population growth that we need to continue the economic growth of two to three percent probably two to three percent a year right we just, we just don't right. i'll no. put it i'll put it two and a half right it just it mm-hmm. it's not the population growth isn't there when you think about the the hundreds of it's hundreds of millions that you know since the beginning of world war ii have mm-hmm. come into the workplace where we now have 150 roughly uh 150 is million is viewed as probably the maximum mm. and that question's being asked is that the most that's ever going to be employed in 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 the United States now we have and we see it from everything from social security to medicaid excuse me medicare and that is you have fewer people putting in than than are collecting mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. even after the baby boomers die out mm-hmm. and they're and they're gone the debt's still going to be on a smaller number of 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 people or the same number of people depending on what it's going to be but i don't see us growing fast at all the growth is not going to be there to support the budget right and cuts are going to have to be made and you're going to see the things that the federal government uh is supplying you're going to see those go back to the states again yeah and the right, states right. well you know i was reading an article Today, how West Virginia now wants to cut their income taxes. We talked about how many states have cut their income tax already. Uh, you know, a lot of it was after COVID where they got a windfall from the federal government, mm-hmm. but also some of the realization that we've got to be more competitive in the world marketplace. Right, and right. I just, I don't see, you know, and it may, and I'm talking a hundred years out, mm. but I, I do think that you're starting to see changes that were not expected at all, and a lot of it, I think, because of COVID. You oh, know, sure. COVID yeah. made people, yeah. it just wasn't economic anymore. It was, what is my life about? You know, where where am I free to, to, to 
uh, to do things. You and I were talking about entrepreneurs. Will entrepreneurs want to stay in California anymore, mm-hmm. or will they be drawn to states, uh, you know, like like maybe Texas or uh, Oklahoma or right. you know more southern states? Texas, I, and I think the one advantage Texas has is we have so we have not number one we've got we're a diversified state, but we still have huge amounts of of oil and natural gas mm-hmm. that's going to last over a hundred years. Right. But we also have a state that is diversified in industry and business. And now, as we talked about when Elon Musk moved, and you've got a lot of other companies now moving their headquarters here, where that thought is now, okay, where can we go? Because you might look at a Mississippi and say, okay, but they don't have the population, and the population isn't, you know, getting in there, and they have few, you know, centers of massive population like the state of Texas that would have, you know, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, you know, Houston, Austin, you know, just, you know, San Antonio. There's a huge, huge population corridor from north to south, you know, going from Texas all the way down. Right. And and so you look at that and you have people coming here and like, okay, people are coming there. So they actually have workers. They actually have workers coming into Texas. And, and so we're all going to feel the population shift. But when is the industrial shift going to start happening which is already slowly happening in uh, New York, Illinois, and California, and many of these liberal states where they go, we're just not going to move, we're just not going to do it anymore. And as right. people move, then companies move, where will be eventually California, New York, is mm-hmm. going to say, we can't do this anymore. Right. We just, we can't do it. We can't, we can put out bonds for projects. We can't borrow money. We just can't do this. Well, and I think another thing that came out of the COVID uh thing is that you see these tech companies now that and cnn did an article that we brought up last week uh where they had committed to buying land you know real estate in in states like georgia and now they've pumped the brakes well eventually they'll get back to expansion but i think that the investments are going to be measured in a different way because they'll look at it now not just a blue state versus a red state. I think it's going to be even the red states. It's always been this way to some extent. Red states competing with red states. So Georgia competing with the Texas and, mm-hmm. and what the offering is. And the point is, is that there really is this measured, a more measured approach of if we're going to invest long term. And that's what that is. You know, the article from CNN focused on the people that say, we're saying, well, I, you know, it just doesn't seem fair. They promised to come here. Well, it's not the way it works. Um, I, I understand being let down when, you know, you get the news that there's going to be this expansion in your community and there's going to be, you know, these are big names and it's going to bring jobs and the whole thing. I understand the letdown. But when they pump the brakes, that's a big, that's something I think on a grander scale as to why they're doing that. Well, there are a number of things that are that are shifting in technology, in entertainment. You see major studios that are coming in and they're just slashing. And these are the things right now that and 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 the stock prices dropping. Disney uh, deciding to jump into the culture wars and they got burned for it. But not only that, they also set up uh, in in, uh, in in my opinion. And I saw a couple of other uh, uh, assessments of this that they set up Disney Plus thinking that there would be this grand, you know, move to 
Disney Plus in terms of streaming. Uh, but the problem is, is that Disney's always been about the kids. You do what Disney does, right? But they went in and they bought Marvel and all these other properties trying to appeal to the whole family. Well, now you're asking for a different investment. And then the parks and everything else during COVID, all these things where it was to the point that the board of directors had to beg Bob Iger to come back. And these these cuts, I think, signal in part a cultural shift because it is about long-term what is going to be the investment. You know, we can't just throw an entertainment $200 million into a project and expect that we're going to get a billion dollars in that movie out of the box office and eventually streaming and and what other, whatever residuals come down the road. When it comes to uh, Microsoft and Google and other tech companies, we can't just assume that the old playbook is going to hold true and that we're going to be as productive as we have been because they're seeing a shift even in the response to digital advertising. These are the things that they have to look at. But then the individual, and we talked about this a bit last week, so you, you have this migration to Texas for jobs where the, you know, the corporations are moving their headquarters yeah. because they get lower taxes and then the people follow. And then there's, so now the talent pool is growing. Right. And that's, and then you see the opportunity or other companies see the opportunity. They look at this and they say, okay, they've got a talent pool that is growing, uh, that's within our field. They have, uh, uh, also they have the, you know, lots of land, tons of land, 95% of the land in Texas, uh, maybe a little bit more, uh, is privately owned, which is easier to negotiate than a state owned or federal owned, you know, purchased federal owned, you're not going to get, but, uh, but privately owned land is a easier negotiation if you're looking to have a greater footprint in real estate, but you're, you're, you're coming here. Why? Well, you're coming here because of lower taxes. You're coming here for, if you're a corporation, you're coming here because there's a talent pool or you believe that you'll be able to attract a talent pool necessary to expand. And as those states see that expansion in their state GDPs and other states are not doing so well, something has to happen. Does it mean that a Texas will be or a California will be left with, you know, a very tiny population and no companies? No, because before they got to that point, then something has to change. You know, we go back to when uh, then Lieutenant Governor Newsom took that trip to Texas to learn about how we do the economy. That was dumb. It was stupid. It's it's very basic. And you know how it's done. And look, um, did he learn anything? I can't tell you what, whether he learned anything on that trip or not. But eventually, you have to listen to what that demand is. And that demand will be for a lower cost of living. That demand will be for uh, better paying jobs that come from an expansion of wealth. Well, the other thing is, too, I mean, we talk about you know, how the country may reform. And this goes back to Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about secession. That's not going to happen. But there is going to be movement in this country mm-hmm. based on a lot of financial things because the federal government can't afford to do what they're doing forever. The right. population growth and the economy, the, 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 the 
projection of GDP, I believe, if you extrapolate it out and relate it to the population, it's going to be a lot lower than we've seen in the last 40, 50, you know, 60, 70 years in this country post-World War II. You just don't have the labor force. Now, technology may take a, you know, a, uh, you know, a huge chunk, uh, of the drop and, and in the United States and may make it, you know, a softer landing, mm. but still it's going to hit. But when you, um, you look at companies too, when they go, wow, do I want to, we want to go to Georgia and be involved in the wokeness that happened, you know, when, with the whole election law, mm-hmm. when, you know, the, the Democrats lied about it and businesses were forced to have, you know, you better do this because the wokeness is there. Hey, let's move to Texas. Right. Right. We don't, we don't need to worry about those things in 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 the state of Texas. So when you take everything, you take economically and then the wokeness and everything else that exists, the companies I want to go where I can just I want to go where I can make money. Right. Where the major major concern is making money. We'll follow all the laws, we want to make money, mm-hmm. but we don't want to be and I think a lot of companies because of Black Lives Matter understand how they got burned big time by the wokeness. Right. And actually got involved in promoting a racist philosophy instead of what they actually thought that they were promoting. Because up till then, they had been kind of uh, tiptoeing through the, you know, at first it was being politically correct. Then it was being, uh, you know, going out and and being an advocate for, uh, for, you know, whatever it was, whatever the cause was. And then it became fully invested in the wokeness. And I think a lot of those companies, it stands to reason that they likely learned something from getting involved at all. If they didn't, then that's on them. But I bet at least a few of them learned we can't even go down that road because the moment we do, we're expected to invest fully into that cause. And when we do, we get burned. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. If you like listening to Red Eye On Demand, we have more of Eric Harley and guests for you. Download RER's Extra Mile Podcast. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Reading here from one poll that was done in 2021, 37% of Americans wanted to secede from the United States, their <laughs> state. Wow. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for being here. A couple of last comments on Marjorie Taylor Greene and the whole secession thing that she was talking about yesterday that 
blue and red states uh, need to uh, separate and shrink the size of the federal government. You saw that Utah's governor, uh, Spencer Cox, uh, a Republican, denounced her and said what she's proposing is evil. Well, all right. I don't think it's evil. It may not. It may be an idea that's going nowhere, but evil. Well, that's why you know we have <laughs> we have followed over our careers when the secession talk comes up with California. When Trump won, mm-hmm. the number of Democrats that wanted to secede skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. When Biden won and everything after, I'm looking at the polling from 2021. You had more Republicans in certain areas that said they wish to secede. We've been there, done this. What it is, is when you look at it, it's obvious. I mean, this isn't evil to say, it's not evil to say, all right, what's the situation in this country? What do Democrats want? Democrats wish to preach uh, that identity politics is normal, where you judge people by groups, not individuals. Yeah. Sorry. That was the cause of a civil war in this country. So the Democratic Party that pushes identity politics, which leads to racism, we're completely against. That's tough to compromise on that one with Democrats. Yeah, right. Can't compromise. They wish to be bigoted and judge people by groups and not individuals, and we refuse that. And when they return and say, well, individualism in itself is white supremacy, Mm -hmm. well, then you've lost us. There's no place to have it. Right. So treating somebody as an individual and saying skin color doesn't matter, that they have twisted into being white supremacy, which, of course, is insane. Mm -hmm. Where do you compromise there? Where do you compromise on we believe that a biological man can be a biological woman if they say so? Where's the compromise on that one? And if you use the wrong pronoun, we're coming after you. Right. You know, these are the things that they believe. That's not live and let live. That's we're going to live the way we live and you're going to advocate it. And you're going to like it and you're going to live the way we live or else. Where's the compromise on the the on on spending in this country where we know where it's going? Right. When you look at the amount, when you look, for example, as we brought up last week, and it's got quite a bit of notice that Florida has more of a population than New York, yet New York's budget is double Mm. what Florida's is. Mm -hmm. That hits people. High taxes. That hits people. Where do you wish to compromise in New York? Where can you compromise in New York? People say can't compromise, got to move. But if you look at what was done in 2021, and this would have been in the summer, I believe, in the spring of 21. 39% of Democrats wanted to secede in the Northeast. Now, how they did this was you you get it, you break the country into geographical locations. All right. So yeah. New York was with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, and everything else. So mm-hmm. you, you, they split it. They had the Northeast, uh, and you would secede to that portion of it. You know, there'd be five, six states and seven states, whatever. In the Northeast, 39% of Democrats wanted to secede, 35% of independents, only 26% of Republicans supported secession. 
in the Northeast. Mm. In the heartland, only 19% of Democrats wanted to. 43% of independents, 34% of Republicans. So in the heartland, 43% of independents wanted to secede. Mm. In the mountain region, 17% of Democrats, 35% of independents, and 43% of Republicans. That would be all the way down from New Mexico all the way up to Idaho. Mm-hmm. Pacific, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Pacific, which would be uh, like California, uh, Oregon, uh, California, Oregon, Alaska, uh, Hawaii, and Washington State. 47% of Democrats, the highest level for any group wanting to secede was Democrats in the Pacific region, which was Oregon, Washington, California, Hawaii, and Alaska. 47% of Democrats wanted to secede. 33%, oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't the highest. Uh, 33% of independents, 27% of Republicans. In the South, 66% of Republicans wanted to secede, 50% of independents, and 20% of Democrats. So it depends on where you live and what the big issue of the day is for you. But the point is, it is something that everybody thinks about at some time, and evil has nothing to do with it. It has to do with how do we resolve these issues when there's some issues we can't compromise. Where do we compromise on freedom of speech? No, because where's, I mean, where's, if, where's the compromise? If you're forced to use right. a pronoun, um, if uh, they believe that hate speech is not covered by the Constitution, or shouldn't be covered, or shouldn't be covered, why? Well, yeah. But they again, they Chris, believe they believe it's not right because they don't believe in the Constitution. <laughs> so, where is that middle ground? Where is it? You have no right in your child's classroom. You have no right, more and more, the idea is you have no right in deciding what your child's gender is. We'll help decide, and if you tell that child, even young children, that they're wrong for bringing it up or talking about it, we'll consider that abuse where's the compromise there isn't any there just isn't any and you know when you're at that point then you know things start to shift uh it is a culture war it's not a civil war um, but it's a culture war. It's a culture war, yeah. There is yeah. no doubt. Let's call it a cold civil war. <laughs> yeah, right. Huh. I thought about seceding a country of just me. My flag, I was going to design it with one star and just a few stripes, and then I realized, oh, no, that's the Cuba flag. <laughs> Never mind. That won't work at all. But these are things that you... <laughs> you I like the California all-white flag. Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, But these are the things that, you know, we deal with every day. 
These are the things we deal with more and more. When a, when uh, a state like California believes that you have no right to be an independent contractor. Yeah. You know, what they're saying is ownership. Mm-hmm. What did we hear during COVID? People living in apartments. Well, nobody should be able to own property. Yeah. So a significant. Yeah. A civic, a significant, remember that. Yeah. Significant yeah. portion of them believe, um, and it's not most of them, but a significant portion of them believe that you shouldn't have property rights, that you shouldn't be able to own property. You shouldn't be. And, and uh, your car is killing the planet. So eventually, and they, you know, even Ray LaHood, when he was transportation secretary, we're going to get you out of that cumbersome vehicle. We we know you don't really want to drive. Well, co- our goal is to coerce you out of your vehicle they, is he, what he, he said. said that. And he's a Republican. He was a Republican. Not a good one, but he's, he was a Republican. And, you, and, and, you know, when so you, when you look at energy policy, mm-hmm. when you know that what they are pushing at you is impossible and will is committing energy, economic and national security suicide, where's the compromise when Democrats say we can run the entire economy on solar and wind? Right. And everybody knows if you're a Democrat, you know, that's impossible. Right. Why is your party supporting that insane idea and now you know you've got more people coming out and stating this is insanity well and and that's it and and who said what democrat said that recently Mm. forgot who the democrat was it's a well it's insane the energy policy it 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 can't be done where's the compromise it wasn't tester was it no, I can't remember who it was it was a democrat though but um but you look at those things and and they don't want you to have ownership. And why is that? Well, because when you have ownership in something, then you have more control over your life. When you have more con- control over your life, you're worried more about what government is taking from you and preventing you from doing. And they can't have that. You can't be an independent contractor. The idea of nobody should be able to own property. All of those things. You you don't need to own a car. We'll have transportation for you. We'll provide what we think you need. Man, that sounds like the Soviet Union. And the reason it sounds like the Soviet Union, <laughs> because communism it is, is. <laughs> <a> communism. <laughs> And those are the things that they look mm-hmm. at. Because when you have ownership, you have greater power. When you have ownership in things, big and small, you have more decision-making uh, abilities. And you think differently about government because you worked hard for those things. You don't have to be an Elon Musk to have great pride and also want to protect those things that you worked hard to achieve and own. And when they start coming after them more and more. When Elizabeth Warren says we shouldn't have billionaires, they shouldn't exist. It's not just about billionaires. You shouldn't have ownership. Because in order to enact such policy, 
they would have to basically require every taxpayer to to list every single year what your assets are to make sure that you're not a billionaire. You would have to prove you're not a billionaire. That's the only way to do that thoroughly. So they want they want to know what assets you have, where you work, what you do. Uh-uh. No, no, and no. But those Hell are no. the items that they want. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> and they want... Yeah, well, Hell no! <laughs> we'll get excited about it. No, but those are the things that you look at and say, where's the compromise? Where's the middle ground? Where's the middle ground? Don't think for a minute they're not coming after you. Janet Yellen was talking about it. They would earmark deposits of 600 bucks or more. That's not about millionaires well, and billionaires. And as we found out just a couple of weeks ago, the IRS agents are there to do what? To do more audits. To go after unreported income. Yep. And the big lie that Democrats told mm-hmm. everybody on that was, yep. we're going after the unreported income of billionaires. No, they're not. No, they're, they're not. already audited. Right. They're coming after it's, the unreported it, income. And who has most mostly I'm we're not we're not advocating that you shouldn't pay your taxes. We're just telling you they lied about who it's they're not going about after. billionaires. They're coming right. after everybody big and small, and that's their goal. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at eight six six ninety red eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. I thought about it when I just when I told you. No, it's hell no. Mm-hmm. I thought about something that happened over the weekend. Uh, had a great time back in uh, New York. Good uh, seeing my dad. He's doing great. Went to my great nephew's playoff basketball game. Right. So we we get in there and they're warming up, and uh, my sister walks up to me, and as she walks up to me, as they're warming up, you know how they play music. Mm. So it's a Catholic school playing a Catholic school. And so it's highway to hell. <laughs> ACDC <laughs> comes up. My sister looks at me and she really doesn't know much about like ACDC. So she goes, oh, yeah. Good. Why are they playing this? I said, well, maybe as a warning to all the young men, teenagers there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what else. This could happen to you. Say, she goes, I don't think this is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh, also uh, uh, further, uh, uh, it, it got worse later. They played Slayer. <laughs> Is that a pentagram? Uh, yeah. The, the the best ever. I won't go into the details of it. If you know mm. the song, you know what it means. Mm. But when I went to a, this goes back, ooh, about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I went to a, again, uh, uh, two Catholic colleges, Canisius and Niagara. Mm. And uh, it was in the, uh, I don't even know what they call the auditorium now in Buffalo, the big one. Mm. But they're playing there, and it was crowded. And there they are doing the warm-ups before the game, and everybody's dancing to Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Relax. Yeah. And and nobody 
And, it's, and I'm like, I have no idea what this song is about. No idea. It's, yeah. yeah. It's not about sitting down and taking <clears throat> a breather. No, it is not. No, no. <clears throat> and uh, I I brought it up on the radio the next day. and So it goes back like 25 years ago, even more than that. They were not happy. The universities were not happy. that I brought it up. Why'd you have to bring it up? Because it was... Uh, well, it was, the irony, it was inappropriate. The, the, the irony of, of it at that right. point. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, that was. Yeah. I, uh, the, it but was, my nephew, my, my great nephew's team won and he played, right, he good. played great and, uh, everybody, everybody's doing good. And we did the breakfast and all that. And it was it actually seems a long time. I mean, cause I, I, I flew in Friday night and I was back here Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Oh, yeah. Or Sunday morning, not Saturday. Mm. Sunday morning, 9 a.m. So, I mean, I was in there just just a little over a day, but it was still, we got a lot, you know, done in that day. So Yeah, good. Good. So it was all good. All right, good. I went to the <laughs> golf and did some fishing. Yeah, it was um, I saw the one not you, bad. I saw the one that didn't get away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we brought some on board, and... and my gosh, uh, there was one that put up a good fight, but uh, he spit out the hook, apparently, and uh, probably didn't have a good set on the hook. It was probably loose on a lip, but um, didn't bring that one on board. But that means he'll get hungrier and bigger, and I'll go back back sometime next summer. It's uh, the, the, the feeding was, um, and the migration has been weird, because down there in the Gulf, they've had colder temperatures recently uh, than normal. Uh, typically a lot of those cold fronts don't reach there, but the water was 58 degrees, uh, where we were. And we could see them on the, um, on the, uh, sonar, but they weren't biting like they usually are. But it was a good time. Had great conversation. Captain Chris and first mate John, thank you. Great That's guys. Cool. I've never done uh, that. Chris is, uh, former Navy, Navy, and he's got a great gig. He also does some work for the state of Texas, but uh, four days a week he's out there on a boat, and he said during the summer they're out all the time. They don't stop, and um, it's terrific. Uh, took uh, two of my brothers-in-law. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we went out and just had a great, great time. And, of course, uh, that was Sunday, and then Sunday night I cooked up a fish fry. It was good. Mm-hmm. Fun. Get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. <laughs> Don Lemon will return to CNN show on Wednesday, undergo formal training as opposed to informal training. Okay. Yes. Uh, said the uh, uh, Chris... Look, the head of CNN, I sat down with Don, and we had a frank and meaningful discussion. He has agreed to participate in formal training, as well as continuing to listen and learn. 
All I, right. I did like where Whoopi came out and mm-hmm. and said, well, she's 51. Mm-hmm. She's not a part of a new generation. She says she's a part of a new generation. And 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 uh and what was the word? Mm. Prime. She's oh, not in yeah. her prime. Uh-huh. She's not part of a new generation. She's 51. So Whoopi came out. So will Whoopi well, get in will Whoopi get in trouble now? Because technically, which means a lot here, technically means everything. If you are 30 years younger than the guy, almost 30 years younger from the guy who is currently the president, you are from a different generation. Yeah. Um, look. <laughs> what is a Don Lemon going to learn in formal training? I'm... <laughs> Is that going to change his opinion on things? <laughs> I mean, we've always said, look, just let him speak. <laughs> Eventually, they're going to step in it. Yeah, I, I, I think you should let Don Lemon be who Don Lemon is. Why are you trying? Why is CNN trying to change Don Lemon? Right. Yeah, is uh so what's interesting is now with Whoopi coming out and supporting Don Lemon and then she steps in it, it's a good question. Is ABC gonna make her go through training? Because the majority of her audience is female. Oh, yes. And we know how they can be. <laughs> <laughs> Eric will be off the formal air for training. the next four days while he attends formal training. Well, the 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 other thing dealing with uh, the demonization of women uh-huh. was the Tiger Woods incident. Oh, okay, here where, we go. Yeah, where, where Tiger, I be, I believe I don't I think it was the first round because Tiger right. was back. All right, and uh, he, he didn't win the tournament. Uh, right, John Rahm did, but uh, he actually played really good. I mean, he for for that injury, mm. he played really good. Yeah, and uh, Tiger did so, uh, but uh, he outdrove, you know, with the driver he hit. I don't know, it was like a three hundred and forty yard drive, mm-hmm. and he outdrove Justin Thomas, who is he calls Justin Thomas, you know, my unofficial son. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, or excuse me, not unofficial son, my little brother. Mm. That he's my little brother. That's that's how close they are. Yeah, based, so, based on his Tiger's history, he doesn't want to call anybody his unofficial son. That's probably a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, uh, we yeah. ever get through the rest of the show here. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> so he out he out he outdrives him. Uh-huh. You know, and there's a big macho thing when if you can outdrive, you know, someone. Yeah. Uh, and so. What he does is apparently Tiger Woods was carrying a tampon with him. Hmm. We don't know the reason why. Apparently, yeah, that's was, my question. Apparently, it was to give to Justin Thomas after he outdrove him, and apparently they caught it on camera as he was handing it to him. You know, and the whole thing. And and for those people that don't know the symbolism of it, 
it means you drive like a woman. Mm-hmm. Not a car. Right. But you you drive, you know, I outdrove you with all my injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a joke between uh, good friends. Well, they caught it. Well, Tiger had to. I think it was by Saturday morning before he went out. Because it, it, that thing simmered for a couple of days. And then Tiger had to come out and apologize. And then they were furious because he really didn't apologize. He said, if you were offended. Yeah, I love those apologies, <laughs> non-apologies. <clears throat> Listen. If you were offended, if you were offended. Think about that. If you put the emphasis I, that way, I'm sorry for it. Yeah. yeah. If if you were offended, well, okay. Now, I guess I'm sorry. Now, see, and I was a little bit confused by this all. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, on social media, ninety nine percent, because I went through a ton of different posts on this, and most of them were media driven posts when they had the article. On on uh, Twitter or Facebook, okay, ninety nine percent, including ninety nine percent of women, thought it was no big deal at all. It, thought it's, it was it's meant to be a joke. Thought thought it, it was no big deal at all. Said, come on, it's no big deal. And right. the number of women said, come on, it hits you know hit something that's really you know. But uh, the the thing that I found it and confusing was I once had a golf coach hmm. that told me. You need to hit it like a woman. Hmm. Now, was that an insult to women? And this was my golf clubs. No, what he was saying is, I'm trying to kill the ball. You ever see the guys, how they swing? Hmm. And you look at a woman a woman professional golfer swing compared to a man, hmm. and there's her nice and easy and smooth all the way through, and the guy's trying to kill it. You know, Tiger yeah. would wind up and just kill it. He said, don't, you know, drive, watch the women, drive it like, drive it like the women do. Right. And you'll get just as much difference. You don't need to do what uh, what uh, what they do if you want to be a good golfer. Mm. Now, in my in my golf lessons, <laughs> had one yesterday. It's like <laughs> it's like look, well, we have to do with my swing, and he's really improved my swing in just a little over a month. I mean, mm-hmm. really improved it. But I had to tell him, look, I can't do this because of my ankle. I can't do this because of my back. I can't. So I, I he goes. He goes, all right, then, you know, half quarter, half three quarter swing, that's fine. I can't do a full swing. My body won't allow. I said, that's why I'm here with you. My body won't allow me. Yeah. <laughs> to, right. to swing like that. And I mm. can't, and I'm one, we're doing one drill. You keep your foot. I said, I can't keep my foot planted. I need to move it. I said, look at my ankles. He went, Oh my. I said, yeah, five sprains from basketball on that mm. side. And if you look at my ankles, if I have shorts on and, and like, you know, and even, if I don't have, like, if I didn't have socks on, you'd think that I had had broken my ankle. That's how swelled up, not swelled up, it's all muscle built up from the five sprains on that one ankle. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's three times the size of the other ankle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that has, you know, inhibited my movement uh, on that side. So that was my whole point. I need to find a swing that's really a half a swing and still hit it good. And he's helping me tremendously because that's what he does. He says, I really don't try to change your swing too much. And if we find your limits, we'll experiment. We can't do that. Okay. Then do this, do that, do, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a good year of golf. I can't All right. Good. But like I said, he told me that he wasn't, but another golf instructor told me swing like a woman. <gasps> why? Was, so was he insulting men? Why was, why was Tiger walking around with a tampon to begin with? Well, I was wondering at first, mm-hmm. 
because I was thinking, okay, from the liberal point of view, is it that he's insulting women or I had a I had to consider this a possibility. He was assuming Justin Thomas's gender. Well, or he was just saying, look, just in case, because as liberals will tell you, it's not just women who (laughs) use these. So should should he (laughs) should he apologize? Should he apologize? Did he ever call him a girl or did he ever say you hit like a girl? Ah. Or did he just hand ah. him that? That's yeah. the question. Yeah. Because otherwise it could have been, listen, just in case, here you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Because men have periods. Right. The left has told us that. Right. Regardless ah. of what Alice Cooper said, this is a, this is these days. I like the reference. It, it is. <laughs> had to get that. It. It, these days, it, you so I don't know that an apology is necessary. Ah, yes. I would have to say. In fact, have, Tiger was quite woke by doing that, in, in, in fact. Right. There was no insult intended. It was, hey, just to make sure, because I've been told men have periods, too. So here. In, in, in case someone yeah. needed, this is why I keep them, in case ah. anyone, any person needs them ah so it was simply woke tiger that's right in not, that case he's a not, champion not and a ma- hero right? not misogynist tiger right right why is he not a hero he is what he has evolved <laughs> right exactly <laughs> From misogynist tiger to woke tiger right how do you know what he meant <laughs> you're assuming they make the rules we don't it's exactly we're doing we're just trying to figure them out every well that, that, that's what our show is our show is trying to figure out where where they are today and how they have evolved from yesterday to today when, when you write the rule book then you have to expect that people are going to ultimately play by your rule book you don't know what he meant by that how dare you solid point you yeah. have to consider it have to consider it. have to consider it Maybe he was just being, you know, a, a gentleman, gentle person, whatever, whatever they call it these days. <laughs> a good person. He could have just said, listen, I keep them for everybody. I hand them out all the time. I out. <laughs> you may think it's weird, but I think it's being considerate. You just, you just saw me because I hand them out to everybody. Right, you I, just caught that one on camera. I carry boxes and boxes and boxes. Right. Hand them out to everybody I meet. Here, come over to the trunk of my car. I'll show you. <laughs> That's where they're like, okay, we you don't need to apologize or say anything else. We're just going to move on. Because this is weird. Yeah, exactly. Just how, how, do we weird. Get out of, how do we get out of this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't write the rule books. Uh, I'll finish it with Don Lemon formal training. <laughs> Seriously. No, I want to know what goes on in the training. I know. No, I, I no, Don, you got women are always in their prime. <laughs> no, no, think about it. It will start with because it's probably like online training, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it will start with 
In our first series, we'll learn about women and the history of women. But here's the question, too. So it's CNN that's in charge of the formal training. You have to start by defining a woman, don't you? (laughs) Oh, this is fun. We can do this all night. Oh, my. (laughs) So what does that look like? So the formal training is all... Well, we're going to define a woman. Well, no, never mind. We're not going to define a woman. We're not going to. And that marks the end of your training session. They just end it right there. Don, here, here's your training. What is a woman? Right. Oh, we don't know. Right. End of training. Right. Or they come out and they do the history of woman in the first modular of training, right? And then he goes back and files a protest. Being a liberal saying, well, wait a minute, you're defining a woman as this. You're right. <laughs> and he wins. And now he's offended. And he wins more than Cuomo in his suit. And he wins $100 million from CNN and buys MSNBC. <laughs> analyzing liberalism, boys and girls, analyzing liberalism can be a lot of fun. Yes, it can. Even overnight. That's right. Eight six six ninety red eye Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Personalized savings on commercial. It's Red Eye Radio. He's our Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I think that last point you made during the break is is the best point mm-hmm. that he Don Lemon has to do sensitivity training about women. All he has to do is respond and say, look, I'm a member of the LGBTQ. Yeah. The LGBTQ defines what a woman is. In fact, it is the man in the LGBTQ, the liberal LGBTQ, by the way, mm-hmm. that defines a woman. We get to define a woman because we get to be a woman if we wish to be a woman. Just by stating so, we become a biological woman. So the fact that you are dictating to me what a woman is when we define a woman, that in itself is discriminatory, and I'm suing CNN. Wait for it. Just wait for it. (laughs) Because in order to go through the training, they're going to have to define a woman. And then as a member of the LGBTQ community he can just say well that's offensive right because we define what a woman is not you that's been accepted in liberalism now at cnn we're busy offending each other This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you want on our app. 
All right, so one one more thing in the whole Don Lemon thing. Yeah. You can talk about the formal training he's going to go through. The formal training should be easy. Okay. If we actually deal with reality, the formal training, because uh, he has uh, uh, insulted women. Mm-hmm. Be very easy. Don, stop the liberalism of judging people by groups. You don't judge people by groups. You judge women just like you judge everybody else as individuals, and you judge them if you are going to judge them by the content of their character and because you're in the news business, the substance of their argument and the facts that they bring uh, to the table or the facts that they do not bring uh, to the table. And you stop with the misogyny and the femophobia of the current liberal LGBTQ in America. There can be individuals who are past their prime. Uh, Tom Brady, um, Whoopi Goldberg. You could, just, if you're going to say it, you could just say it this way. Some individuals are past their prime. Tom Brady, Whoopi Goldberg, two examples. See, that way you're even. It's just throw it out there. You're judging them by their individual ability. That's right. And by the way, now, that Be- would create now, zero controversy. Right. But Betty White <laughs> was never out of her prime. Ever. 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 Reruns and- of the Golden Girls, she's still killing it. <laughs> Lucille Ball, who's been gone for quite some time. Mm, is still killing it. Top notch. Yes. And when I say, when I say, just so people understand, when I say... To- Don Lemon, stop with the liberal LGBTQ femophobia and uh, misogyny. It's their belief that a man can be a woman whenever a man says he is a woman and gets to define what a woman is because the man man says says so. so. And that man has a right to take that spot on the women's team. Right. We all know that. That is because men are stronger. <laughs> That's the misogyny and femophobia that exist in the liberal LGBTQ uh-huh. uh, in the United States. Don, that's who you're a part of, so please stop it. Now, there are plenty of things he should apologize for. <laughs> you know, what? I the thing that really bothers me about this whole thing is it sort of may take a little bit of the focus off of his... Uh, show that he he did on black holes when the Malaysia airliner went down, mm-hmm. yeah. and he had on all those experts, all these you know these are all scientist forensic uh, a- analysts of airplane crashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting a lot of uh, response here, and uh, people want to know is uh, could this be a result the plane disappearing of a black hole? Yeah, I can't think. Oh, what's her name? I can't think of the name of. Uh, she was just uh, so excellent. Oh, I just can't think of her name. Yeah, and her response was perfect. Oh, sure. I mean, she yeah. showed some restraint, but basically demonstrating that, n- n- no, because that would mean we would all be yeah, if you had a disappearing pin, into right, the black hole. If, if you had a pin size of a mm-hmm. black hole, mm-hmm. everything in the solar system would be yeah. absorbed into it. That's right. <laughs> Tried to be very nice. But the, th- the thing that got us is it wasn't that he was just responding. They had all the graphics 
set up, which means they had a meeting. They had a meeting. Okay, we got some whack job saying it's a black hole. Don, you need to get into talking to these scientists about whether it's a black hole that swallowed up the uh, the airliner. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he actually went that way. I wonder if there was an argument saying, we can't do this. We look like idiots. Yeah. Well, because it's quite, you know, it's what you do when you bring your legitimate guest on. You say, listen, a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Help us with the facts. Mary Shivo. Mary Shivo. I was thinking Shivo. I couldn't remember. Former inspector general for the U.S. Department of Transportation. Uh, I mean, she always loved her because she was so direct. Yeah. Yeah. And and she actually, at that point, that was the only time I didn't see her being direct because you know what they were all thinking. Yeah. What, are you an idiot? Do you know anything about right. science? <laughs> was it a black hole? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that's what people are saying. I know it's preposterous, but is it preposterous? <laughs> Stop is it, really? it. Is it really? And she said, well, it is. Uh, a, a small black hole would suck in our entire universe, so we know it's not that. <laughs> yeah. But that was the whole thing. Him and his producers, they all sat and went, okay, we need to ask this question to the experts. Hey, ask now, me what she thinks about the black hole theory. Now, we were in a meeting, and somebody brought that. Well, you know, guys, uh, uh, guys. Guys, do you think it was a black hole? We'd say, no, we're not going to ask. That's a stupid question to ask. Oh, no, no, no. I would have taken my time with it because it would have meant that they would have ended the meeting early. Let's let's take a look at that theory of whether it was a black hole or not. Now, knowing what black holes are, it, it was almost as if Miss Shivo was mocking him. <laughs> but there's no way to not mock him with the truth. Wait a minute. Because it's a insane question. I looked it up. Is the video, this says video unavailable now. The vid, did oh, they, they take it down? Did they take it down from uh, YouTube? Maybe they took no, it down. Maybe no. they took it down. No. Yeah, maybe they took it down. Maybe they took it down. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, It's still. I think it's still there. I think it's someone still there. else posted yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Someone else posted it. Yeah. Other people posted it. That one was posted. Yeah. Because that was... Wow. That was the 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 one we mocked Don Lemon over for a long, long time, you know. Because that was again, that's those things. When you saw the graphics, you realized, oh, okay. And then they had, you know, the the little uh, the uh, the actual, you know, tweet or message, email, whatever. Could have been a black hole, mm-hmm. Judy S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this is this is getting this thing's been missing. This thing's been missing for too long of a time. Let's get what's the conspiracy theory? Do you do you think maybe we don't uh, have one? Do you think maybe a bunch of Bigfoots were on the plane? What's the plural of Bigfoot? Is it big feet? Big feet. Is it big feet or Bigfoots? I guess it'd be a bunch of Bigfoots, right? <sighs> I don't know, but that's something else I'm going to have to research now. Meanwhile, another stories out there. Uh, three students, this came out yesterday, three students praised the University of Austin's inaugural summer program for fostering civil discourse and open dialogue around subjects that might be considered taboo uh-huh. 
through its dedication to free speech. The University of Austin established as a free speech alternative to other colleges over the summer offered its forbidden courses, which were intended to allow students to inquire openly into vexing questions (laughs) about controversial subjects with honesty and without fear of shame. The university's website states, the classes covered topics ranging from feminism to the history of the black male experience since the nation's founding. We debated, now this, think about this at any college campus. We debated if Islam is a religion of peace. Said one student who attended the course on critical thinking and freedom of expression. Oh, my, you cannot have critical thinking in college. No, 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 no. She said they were evaluated on how many logical uh, fallacies students did or didn't make during their arguments. You know, if you have critical thinking in college, the students would be at risk for learning something. We debated single-parent households versus two-parent households. We talked about transgenderism. Said one student, a Brown University uh, senior, very intense hot-button topics, because this was a summer course. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a University of Austin funding faculty member, founding faculty member, recently described the forbidden courses as classes where people who hold different opinions Uh, are presented about topics we wouldn't or couldn't or shouldn't even talk about. Mm. You know, it's amazing the world that they live in versus the world that, you know, you and I have lived in for the last three-plus decades Mm. of talk radio. It's like, I can't imagine being, well, you can't talk about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, I mean, you know, you, you think about it. The word forbidden. I mean, it, forbidden. It, I know. They, you know, that's the idea, and and really, it is. You'll be shouted down. <laughs> I would really, though. I would really love to, you know, find if there was some way to measure it. I, I, I don't think there is because they can't say it out loud. We do know that there are like Republican groups, conservative groups of students. On certain campuses. But I wonder to what extent actually that does exist. Or at the very least, uh, any kind of uh, pushback against the far, far left. In their mind, I mean, students who, who say, okay, the far left students have gone off the charts crazy. I wonder how many of them just keep quiet in order to get through and get their degree. Well, I noticed that uh, uh, Marcellus Wiley, the uh, the former, I think he played with Dallas and he played with Buffalo. Hmm. Remember on Fox Sports News, remember in 2020, 2021, he came out against Black Lives Matter. Hmm. He's black and people don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Was, no, this doesn't fit at all. You know, and he severely criticized them. And it was a it was a news item. By the way, he ended up being right, just like we were, about Black Lives Matter. 
and now it was all over the place. Marcellus Wiley has a problem with transgender athletes, not against my daughters. He doesn't have a problem with transgender athletes playing sports. He has a problem of them playing of men playing on women's waters. sports teams. But Marcellus Wiley says it's not right for transgender athletes to compete against women. Marcellus Wiley takes a stand for biological women in sports. I mean, there's so many headlines on this as if he is taking this incredibly radical position. Mm-hmm. No, that's un- the idea. Un- yeah. Unless the the story is some celebrity is standing up for what the vast majority of the American public actually believe. Right. I mean, that's and that's where we are. You know, it's interesting to see how many more people are being outspoken. Mm-hmm. But my question is, how many more are not talking at all but feel the same way? Not just at campuses, everywhere. We know in, you know, again, I don't get to listen because of the time we work. I don't really get to listen to a lot of talk radio. But I know on things like, and we've talked about this before, on the uh, liberal transgender activist movement, on the identity politics of judging people by groups and not individuals, and and uh, uh, and uh, critical, you know, uh, uh, yeah, critical race theory, this, mm-hmm. and, and a few other topics, uh, oh, and Black Lives Matter. It was really only it was conservative radio that was on the forefront of this. Mm-hmm. And, but I think what really changed it, conservative talk radio did. I wish it had. But it was the one or it was the one industry out there, media industry that kept harping on it consistently. I think, for example, the liberal transgender activist movement, I do think it was the comedians. I do think it was Dave yeah, Chappelle. I, think so. I really I think, think so it was too. Dave Chappelle uh, coming out. And then what's his name? I can't think of the guy. The Oh. The bald-headed guy. Bill Burr. Bill Burr mm-hmm. coming out. That's what brought it into popular culture. The narrative, the 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 correct narrative was kept alive by conservative talk radio because we've been talking about the liberal transgender activist movement and what it was going to do to the feminist movement. You and I have been talking about that for 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was like, eh, there was, you know, and... And and uh, identity politics we've been talking about for the longest time and where it was going to lead. And we were correct on both of those. But at times it was almost as if we were talking to ourselves. Yeah. On Black Lives Matter, it did feel like when we, we talked about the lies of Black Lives Matter from the very, very beginning, mm-hmm. it did seem like everybody was afraid to take that stand. except oh, for the longest time. Except yeah. conservative talk radio. Right. When it was obvious what they were about. Mm-hmm based on what the reality is and based on what they were attempting to use as facts to justify their opinion. I will say this also, Heather McDonald was one of the, you know, was one of the leading individual voices out there, not in conservative talk radio, but as a guest probably on a lot of conservative talk radio when she brought the facts of, of uh, police encounters with individuals based on the millions and millions and millions of encounters and the statistics kept by law enforcement themselves. Well, that's and it. by the she, courts. She did the reporting by the numbers. Yeah. I don't know anybody that's challenged the work she did. And we wondered whether the comedians coming out, because that was a different level at that point. Well, and, and Chappelle and that was did it, it and Bird did it. We, and, and I think that helped drive it where more people yeah. were willing to come out. No, I think that's it. I think that's why you're seeing uh, right now a, a uh, there's a, an explosion with stand-up comedy. I think, a big part of that is the fact that we've come out of COVID and and clubs are opening up. But I think 
Chappelle really kind of brought that, you know, back. It used to be where comedy specials were only on HBO and it was like once a month, right? Mm -hmm. And now you see comedy specials everywhere across the spectrums and the stand-up clubs are booming. And the reason is, is because people want to go out, they want to laugh and they know, yeah, there might be some stuff that's, that, that approaches the line, Mm -hmm. but it's all about the laughs it's not none of this is based in hatred but if there's an expectation that it's going to happen and that's why you go that's what changes the culture yep oh yeah you're going to see it yes no you're you your intention is to be there and do that you didn't just walk by and somebody said that 866-90 red eye tires command a lot of attention as a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of csa violations Any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies and offers benefits like improved fuel economy, increased tire life, and reduced vibration. Unusual shaking in the seat, cab, or steering wheel is a warning sign your tires might need to be balanced. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. I have the audio from Marcellus Wiley. Okay. Uh, former NFL player. Is he still? I think he's still with Fox Sports 1. Hmm. Uh, and uh, this was uh, uh, Marcellus on uh, transgender uh, males in sports. I have no issue with Females. transgenders. I do have an issue with athletes who are transgender trying to participate, going from a transition of a man to a woman and now playing with the women. And I will say that y'all can try and Dave Chappelle me all y'all want. I am very clear on this. You could be a transgender. You could be the homie, but I'll be damned. If a male at birth turns into a female and tries to compete against my daughters, she ain't out there. Uh, he uh, also said in it, he said, if you want to be empowering, actually want to be empowering to women, mm-hmm. then you should compete against the men because then right. that would be empowering. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. Hmm. Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. So, former President Donald Trump says while many want him to return to the traditional social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook, he feels he can get his message out just as well on his own truth social platform. I've been invited back, Trump told Just the News. On Monday, it's waiting, I guess. Twitter has close to 90 million people waiting, but I think I get a very strong, I get a a very strong word out on truth 
and there's something very beautiful about it. Um, they want me to go back so badly on Twitter. They want me back on Google. They want us back on Facebook badly. Uh, but platforms such as Twitter are boring, Trump said. They do want us back badly, and they've made it open, but it's become boring. You know, it's boring. You have fake, account, fake accounts. You have bots. Truth doesn't have that. They treated us very badly. You can't help but remember that. If you don't remember that, you're very foolish, and I don't like to be foolish. So we will see what happens. Now, this comes out, he says, this a couple of weeks after it was said he was coming back. Mm -hmm. The sources saying he was coming back to Twitter and Facebook because he just doesn't have the numbers on Truth Social. As we all know, they don't have the numbers. Right. The numbers don't exist. Yeah. And they don't, excuse me, they exist, but I mean, they don't, they don't exist close to what Twitter has. Right. Your reach isn't as far. And no. if you're running for president, uh, I noticed that even though the, uh, uh, I did see the one where he went after DeSantis. Uh, again, and said, uh, you know, he's uh, not going to call DeSantis meatball. He's not going to call him meatball, just, even though, and then he went all the bad things that DeSantis did, but they don't seem to be reverberating at all. You don't, you don't know. They all. don't I mean, really carry very far. No. I mean, the, you know, and that's right with, with true social, that's really the only, you know, uh, broad audience you're going to get is the reporting on what he puts on true social because the user base isn't there. Not like Facebook and Twitter. And he mentioned 90 million followers on Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, which is, I think where they left it. I don't know how many of those were found to be bots. Somebody did the story one time, how many of Obama's were bots and how many of Trump's were bots but say half of them were, that's still 45 million accounts. Now, are all of those people uh, voters in the states? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to measure uh, that. You can measure the accounts and where they're based at and whether they're in the states, but they could be Americans that live abroad that uh, also have the ability to vote. But the point is, is that the more you're on social media, all social media, the greater exposure that you have. But, you know, we'll see. Could he change his mind if he's not seeing the results? They measure What do they measure um, the free media coverage? They put a dollar to it, a couple billion, over two billion. Yeah, I think it was over two in billion. In yeah. 2016. Yeah. You know, um, now a lot of that is interview time that he gets. Um, but the thing is, is that the nature of it is going to be the same if you're, you know, doing the free interviews on, on uh, whatever channel. Uh, the liberal media is going to go after him time and time again. Uh, so that doesn't change. But there are questions regarding uh, it, the content of the questions will change and obviously everything would center around january 6th even if he doesn't want to 
you know, decides, okay, we're not going to run on that. We're not going to, you know, we're going to talk about our accomplishments. Um, and he wants to go, you know, and, and not really bring up January 6th. The media is going to bring that up, you know, and so he may, they, they may put a dollar amount to it. He may get $3 billion in airtime, but the question is how much of it, uh, serves him well. And it all depends on how, he controls the narrative. That's what it has always come down to. Um, but he can control that regardless of the content of the questions. They bring up something he doesn't want to talk about. He can move on. And that's what has to be done if you're going to c- control that conversation, which is exactly what we've talked about. Don't engage. Go straight forward. Something DeSantis does, something a lot of them do. Uh, but Trump loves to engage. He loves to engage. And it was a whole thing where he's not going to call him, uh, you know, uh, uh, Meatball Ron anymore. And these mm-hmm. are the reasons he's not going to call, as he kept calling him Meatball Ron. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to call on, him, on, oh, even you. though he looks like a meatball, I won't right. call him Meatball. Right. He didn't say that, but, <laughs> but that was, that, that was, that was the point. And yeah. he, he continues to go down the, one of his biggest criticisms is, DeSantis shut down Florida early. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is the stupidest thing for Trump to ever hit. Because, well, because, because he was following the Trump administration's early advice. Right. So I'm going to say is, I was, I was following your advice until I found out your advice was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then we decided not to follow it. We we're the, one of the first states out of following your advice. Right. And stayed out of it because right. we realized. So if Trump's going to use that, I'm like, wow, he's so. And I'm like, is he just trying to get that out there? Because he knows DeSantis isn't going to, you know, isn't going to go after him yet because he hasn't announced. And DeSantis was in New York. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was interesting. Adams going back and forth, you know, criticizing. Again, Adams doing the thing that he's anti-LGBTQ because of the don't say gay law, mm-hmm. which, of course, it's not. It's about children being taught sexually sexualized content right children right uh and and so adams is trying to and he they just the they just blasted him back on mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. from you name it crime to whatever mm-hmm. and uh uh and so he was uh uh there but it'll be interesting but you know uh twitter and facebook and trump saying he's not going to be on it best of luck yeah, Any, sure. Anything where you get free exposure during a campaign is worth it. And in a time where the biggest fear of the Trump campaign is not being able to get large endorsements, free advertising is important. Well, you saw how important yeah. it was for him, especially early on when he didn't have to spend as much money because everything Trump said when he ran last time was front page news. It's not anymore. Well, and, uh, and also, you know, the stops he made a few weeks ago in New Hampshire and was it what South Carolina? Uh, that was actually, he was doing the handshake with, with, uh, donors and they're trying to gauge how many big donors are on board right now. You're going to need those big donors. He's not going to finance a billion or more himself. He's not going to pay that out of pocket. He just won't. He won't see that as a as a good investment. He, in fact, in 2016, the overwhelming majority was not his money. So there are things he's willing to fund, but it's 
a, just a fraction. He's going to need major donors, and the grassroots donors aren't even there as of yet. There are things you can do with merchandise, and they did this at rallies. There are things, plenty of things you can do with merchandise, but you need those big donors, and you need the state donors because they give you an indication as to where the support is. If they're willing to put their money on it, then you've got their support. And that's why you have to gauge all along the way. And the question is, how much of that support does the, does he have? One of the things that, you know, we talk about with uh, going back and forth with DeSantis, you know, if I were advising, it would be, you know, you just stick with the points of, I've been tested when it comes to an economy. I can get things done. DeSantis has not been tested on a national scale. Right. That would be an honest statement. It's true. And, the, and you know, it would just be the question of, do I put my trust in DeSantis more and, and think that he could do the same thing? But that's something you can get away with and something that's a huge, huge point, especially right now. Well, with everything, though, I mean, because I, I think the and you and I talked about this before, one of the things that Trump has going for him is now that you have Biden uh, controlling international affairs. Mm-hmm. People look back and go, oh, Trump actually called this right. Trump called this mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Trump called this right. That right. is a strength for Trump that DeSantis doesn't have. Right. Now, we are we are we will be approaching an election where what matters is. Can you actually get those things done? Right. And being governor of Florida, you have advantages than being president of the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's, yeah. a, it's a different ballgame. Well, because as, DeSantis has been on the cultural wars as of yeah. late. You know, he's been directly involved in getting things done and turned his entire state red, which is unprecedented. And right. so... You know, that's that's massive. That's huge. And and so it's a combination of people going, well, look, uh, uh, I, I think Trump's I think Trump's biggest problem is electability. Yeah, that's right. his biggest right. problem, because right. he I don't believe he'll be able to pull in the independents that he pulled in last time or the number of Republicans. Mm-hmm. So who's going to fill that role? Right. Yeah. No, you need. You need both. You're going to have to have yep. the Republicans fully on board, and you're going to need the independents to get you over the top. That's just the way it works. And and that is that is the fear that Republicans have. Yep. And DeSantis, they look at and go, well, if Trump didn't exist, would DeSantis be a shoo and would we win in 2024? You're probably going to get 90% of Republicans saying yes. Hmm. Right. Even many Trump supporters. Right. Yeah, DeSantis can win. And the other thing is, you're attacking DeSantis, yet you really don't... The one thing you're really hitting him on is the thing that your administration created. Yeah. Your administration, doesn't matter whether you disavow Fauci now, Fauci was the guy when you were there, Mm -hmm. and you followed him. If you're criticizing DeSantis for what your administration advised states to do, you're not going to win that argument. No, you're not. And that's the one argument he has consistently gone for. And then I think he was said that uh, some Soros group or something defends DeSantis. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to win that. No. No. 
DeSantis does not support Soros. You're never going to make that case to any Republican out there. No. Based on what he has done in the state of Florida. Yeah. So yeah. if you talked about the fact that he has no foreign policy experience, and I do, and look how uh, look how Biden is messing it up, that would relate to Republican voters. They'd mm-hmm. go, yeah, you're right on that. Economy on a national scale. Right. You know, those are those are things. Yeah, you, you're right. You know, you and and you're just focusing on where you have won and where you have been proven. And so the the rest of it is trust. Eight six six ninety red eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. If uh, you would like to get in, you know, we talked about earlier in the show, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Representative Green, who uh, uh, said that uh, in a tweet yesterday on President's Day that uh, the red and blue states basically should uh, secede from each other mm-hmm. and, uh, and form two different countries. And, of course, the Republican governor of Utah called her... her her suggestion evil, yeah. and we laughed at, at all of them because we have heard the secession talk before, and it's people that get frustrated, people yeah, that sure. look at the other side and say, we're never going to come to common ground. And you look at it and you say, well, that's why the founding fathers came up with the idea of federalism where the 50 states control what they actually do, and the federal government's just there to protect you and to protect your you know your rights, but basically states could do whatever they you know they, they want. Mm-hmm. Uh but and we've dealt with the Texas secession, supposed secession, and the same thing with California and everything else. And we said at the time, guys, it's not going to happen. And because number one, uh, that's how civil wars actually start. And number two, you're never going to get the support inside a particular state because there's too many. Even in the conservative states, there's too many liberal bastions. And even in uh, you see California. Mm-hmm. Remember, they wanted five. They want to secede from California. Oregon wants to secede so many counties from from uh, Oregon before right. they talk about Oregon seceding. Right. Right. So it's not going to happen. It's what people do when they get frustrated. Not yep. going to happen in any right. of our lifetimes whatsoever. But uh, sort of on that topic, San Francisco now reconsiders their boycott of conservative states because of the Dodds decision. Yeah. We can't do it. It's going to add 20% to the cost of everything that we buy as a state, and it's going to keep compounding. We can't afford to do that. Oh, oh. the reality oh. hits. Mm-hmm. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.